0: I get asked this question a lot, how do you make the switch from a technical role uh, to a business role, you know, whether it's marketing, sales, or, or whatever. And, you know, some of it was the work that I was the work that needed to be done at the time actually required more technical expertise than some of that pure marketing that you think about.
1: to the for jobs podcast season two i'm your host adrian and today we're extremely honored uh, to welcome richard to our uh, podcast who will be talking a little bit about his entrepreneurial uh, journey how, how he got to where he is and we'll also talk about you know the podcast he's doing which is i think quite different from what his business is so how are you richard hope you're doing well yeah hey
0: adrian it's great to be here yeah i'm doing great enjoying summer and yeah excited yeah, to yeah. talk to you
1: that's good. That's good. Summer's um, I think nearly ending already. Now it's August. No, don't uh, say that. <laughs> you know, in the UK, actually, you know, which is which is where I'm based, there has been no summer at all. It's the weather's been extremely cold for some reason. Um, so I can't really say I've enjoyed my summer, but I'm glad you're enjoying yours so far. Um, so let's begin by, you know, talking a little bit about your career. So um I know that you are, you know, you have your own business now, but when you first started off, you know, the industries you were in were completely different. So can you walk us through that?
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, so my story begins all the way back to my childhood. And really, I always wanted to be an engineer as long as I could remember. Um, and in particular around electronics. You know, my dad worked for Radio Shack, which was a big, you know, retail retail electronic store back in my day so i'm dating myself a little bit and i had other family members who were engineering so that's been my path through high school and in through college but i went to college part-time and i couldn't get a full-time engineering job until i finished which was way down the road so i had the opportunity to switch to business And I moved into marketing and, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, if it doesn't work out in marketing, because I had no idea what it was, you know, this is going back almost 20 years ago, I could always go back and become an engineer when I finished my degree. And that's kind of how it all started. And I just found myself really enjoying the work I was doing in marketing. And, you know, that's the majority of my career has been
1: kind of in that field. Mm. So, you know, engineering and marketing are two industries that not a lot of people might immediately relate so um, how did you actually make that switch? Yeah,
0: it's a great question. And I often reflect on this because given where I am in my career, I get asked this question a lot. How do you right. make the switch from a technical role uh, to a business role? You know, whether it's marketing, sales or, or whatever. And, you know, some of it was the work that I was the work that needed to be done at the time actually required more technical expertise than some of that pure marketing that you think about, right? So when someone thinks about marketing, you think about advertising and promotion. You think about TV ads, you think about digital ads, uh, billboards, but there's a lot of aspects of marketing. Um, And one of my favorite descriptions or definitions is marketing is creating, communicating and delivering value to customers. Mm-hmm. So the communication part is what everybody knows, but the creating and delivering you don't really think about. And that's really where I spent most of my career is in that creation and, and delivery part. So that's mm-hmm. the element of marketing, but that, that was the work that needed to be done. And, you know, I would also say that it was probably a little bit of good luck, right? Being in the right place at the right time and having the right connections to to make that change and having a good network. Because, you know, if I fast forward 10, 20 years later, it probably isn't as easy to make that change as maybe it was, you know, back then.
1: Yeah, in all the um, interviews that I've done so far, I think the theme about networking comes up a lot, not just uh, what you said, but, you know, from other guests as well. Um, I guess it's... Um, Well, the million dollar question is, how do you build up that network in the first place? Well, it's going to seem a little obvious, but you have to
0: do the work. You have to do (laughs) the networking, which, you know, when when I have these conversations with my mentees, they're not always comfortable with doing that, right? If you, you know, you have to put yourself in situations where where you're going to network, whether it's company events or whether you're setting up one-on-ones with peers or maybe folks that are higher levels than you. Uh, some folks are just not aren't comfortable with that or just don't know how to do it or don't know what to say. So I think that that's part of it is like, is actually just going out and doing it. And then you'll realize that if you're meeting with, let's say you're not a manager level. So if you're meeting with a manager, you're meeting with a director or a senior director, more times than not, they're actually going to be happy to chat with you. They're going to be happy to get to know you, get to know your work, get to know your aspirations. And if you build that relationship over time, even advocate and sponsor, you know, sponsor you. So, you know, it's really identifying who in the business that you want to connect with. Maybe it's somebody in the field or in the function that you want to go, or maybe as somebody who has similar experiences in you that you know can really help you, uh, that's the first step is identifying who those folks could be. But second step is actually taking action and, and meeting with them.
1: Yeah, it's a really good point and a really obvious point that a lot of people overlook because networking might not be for everybody, but it's a necessary ingredient for people to succeed, you know, in their careers. And I think you made a really interesting point about sponsorships. Um, I guess what you're saying is, you know, you've got to find somebody to advocate for you, right? Like in the workplace or outside of the workplace. So how did you manage to find your own sponsors?
0: It's through relationships. So, you know, it really starts kind of with that um, relationship or mentorship, and then over time it grows, right? So if you demonstrate the kind of person that you are, the work that you can do, um then others will start to talk about you in the spaces that you're not in already. And that's what you're really looking for. But you know, most folks think, well, if I just do the work, if I just put my head down and I do the work, my results will show, right? My work will show. And for sure, you have to do that, but that's table stakes. Mm-hmm. The, the next part is to build those relationships with others. So when the opportunities come up, they're like, you know what? I think Adrian is a good fit for this, you know, so you're already top of mind for the hiring manager decision makers for those roles. But if they don't know you, they don't know your work and they don't know your aspiration, it's going to be a little bit harder um, as you're going through that process. So consider it like sales, right? If you, if you're doing cold calling, what's the likelihood of success versus warm leads? Right, it's gonna be a lot harder to convert somebody in a cold call versus someone who's already knows you already has some level of awareness, and feels like you could fit the needs. So I would say not to really compare it to sales, but I think it's, you know, relevant analogy to um, a little bit of how it works.
1: Yeah, I really agree with what you said. And um, you also said that you've got your own mentees, I think. Um, Are these, you know, part of your business? Or is this, you know, separate from it, but you just mentor them?
0: Yeah, so the mentees are just folks that, you know, come to me, uh, either I work with them directly, or I don't work with them. And they want to learn about my career, they want to learn how to, you know, the most common questions I get is how do you make the switch from, you know, a technical field to to business is probably the most common. But I've also had uh, mentees through formal mentorship programs, where I've signed up to say, I'll be a mentor. You assign someone to me based on, you know, what I can provide or offer and based on what they need. And that's been really fulfilling. That's been a lot of fun Mm -hmm. for me to learn and coach uh, based on their aspirations, but also share a little bit of my
1: experiences to
0: see if, you know, they can, that can help them navigate kind of their own career.
1: Just reminding a bit um, about what you said about, um, you know, sponsorships and having somebody to advocate for you you know, for a lot of people, it might be a, diff- a struggle for them to say up front, um, you know, to certain senior people uh, with seemingly a hidden agenda, right? Um, How do you frame this to your mentees? Or how do you explain this to people that perhaps it's not just about your hidden um agenda, but, you know, how you can think of it in a more positive way? Because that's, a, you know, quite a struggle for some people, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on what they're looking to do. I don't know why they would, it would have to be a hidden agenda, right? If your aspiration is to grow within a company and grow your career, it's going to benefit both you and the company, right? If you bring good skills and results to the company, it's only going to benefit the company to promote you and put you in those positions where you can, you can do those things. So I don't know why it would need to be a hidden agenda. I mean, I mm-hmm. think y- you should be upfront with those, you know, mentors or those folks in higher level positions um, so they can better help you because if you have a hidden agenda, then I don't know how well they're going to be able to help mm-hmm. you if you don't really kind of give them direction. Now, if it's a case of not being able to trust certain people or not, we're kind of building that trust. Then that's something that you have to figure out. You have to, you, I 100% you have to find somebody who
1: not only you can connect with, but who you yeah. can trust. So, um, you know, after your stint in marketing, you set up your own business so can you tell us you know how you reach that stage and what you're doing now
0: yeah so I'm doing a little bit of both right so I'm doing you know an, a nine to five and I'm doing more program management and um, other areas outside of marketing and I'm also a host of a podcast and building yeah. you know a digital community which you know for me is a lot of fun because Throughout my career, I like I mentioned, I've been doing more so on that creating and delivering value, and not so much on the communicating. But as you know, even through COVID in the last three years, digital has just exploded, and it's been an area of interest of mine around digital marketing and a lot of the areas that I just hadn't had a lot of work experience in. So, you know, what I've really been doing is just kind of learning and testing and building this this kind of digital platform. Um, kind of centered around the podcast and centered, centered around running, and looking to see, is this something I can build, you know, a viable business out of? How do I help folks like myself, everyday runners achieve their goals? And how do I turn that into a business, you know, kind of through this service? So that's kind of the journey I am on now. And that, you know, that's been a lot of fun. And then I'm learning and growing through, you know, the work I'm doing there.
1: That seems a lot you're doing, you know, there's three things that you're struggling, Uh, sorry, you're uh, trying to balance and you've got your other commitments as well, you know, you've got friends, your family, obviously, so how do you juggle all this?
0: Well, you said it right, the struggle is
1: real. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I try not to use that word, actually, but I guess it is to some extent.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act. I, you know, I get this question a lot. How do I do all of it? I mean, I also run, right? And I do my races and I volunteer. So it is a lot. Um, you know, a couple of things. One is some of my core values are really centered around helping others. And I find that throughout my almost my entire career, I've been in industries and positions um, where I can do that, where I can help others, whether it's in my nine to five, whether it's in you know the business, whether it's volunteering. So that gives me energy to, to do the things I'm doing. The next thing is, you know, it's really around balance and prioritization. So I don't do everything well all the time, if that makes sense. But, you know, I try to really focus on the areas that are really important to me. And I try to give it as much time and attention um, and then not to overcommit. So it's not an easy thing to do, but, you know, it's really about prioritization, but also making sure that, you know, sometimes I need to spend more time in one area and sometimes I need to spend more time in another.
1: Yeah, and um, you know it's difficult balancing things already, and it's I guess to some extent even more difficult to see growth in your business because you know very rarely um, does a business go um, be, become successful overnight. So, which what which stage are you at now? Would you say you're still at the grinding stage, um, and you know how do you see your business going? Yeah.
0: 100% of the grinding stage. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, just, just working through it. Um, but it's a lot of fun because I'm growing, I'm learning and I'm seeing that progress, but it's, it's still early stages. Um, and then I would also say one thing kind of back to like, how do I balance one yeah. thing that I have not been good at, you know, throughout my career, throughout my life is saying no. And it sounds negative, like, don't say no, like, say yes, you know, you always hear like, if something if an opportunity is presented to you, say yes, just go after it. And I think that's true. But there comes to a point where you're going to say yes, but you can't do it. So you're really, you really should have said no, because you're not going to be able to deliver. So you know, that's something that I feel like I've gotten a lot better at, at least over the last couple of years, is, you know, there's just certain things that just don't fall on that priority list. There's still good things to do. I still want to do them. But they're not the top things that they need to do. And I've said no. And
1: that's kind of freed me up to focus on the areas that are important. So how do you um, determine whether something's in your priority list and something that isn't?
0: Yeah, it's really about, you know, as maybe as selfish as it might sound, it's really about your end goals. Right. Mm -hmm. So you think about, you know, I have very specific goals. Okay, does this activity help me in any one of those goals? maybe it does in one goal, maybe a little bit, but all of these other things are really what's going to drive, you know, those goals. And that's one way to that I kind of look at it. Now, it doesn't say that all of my goals are all professional, or all of my goals are all family, like I have goals in each. But it's to say, like, within my professional goals, does it help me here? Mm, Probably not, then it's a no, or it's a not now, which, you know, I've done as well. I've said, you know, what, maybe this is something I can revisit in six, you know six months from now. So, case in point, I love to write a book. I love you know mar- being in marketing for almost twenty years. I love to write. I love to speak. I love to write a book one day. It's not really going to get me to my goal that I'm that I'm chasing after right now. So that's something that's not now, as an example.
1: So I guess it's more like a balance between short term and long term goals. Like you can't do everything at once. So you've got that's, to, yeah. you know, space out things, I guess. And that's part um, of it. I also picked up a point earlier when you said, you know, you want to center yourself around helping others. Um, Can you uh, specifically tell us what you mean by that? And how does it tie into the work you do?
0: Yeah. So I've been very, very fortunate. I kind of fell into this. The first industry that I worked in is um the building systems industry and more specifically fire and life safety. So, the fire alarms in the buildings that tell people to get out when there is a fire. So this is, this is an industry where, you know, we're helping save lives, right. With Mm -hmm. the, the products that we bring to market and the work that we're doing help save lives Well, the industry that I was in. So I kind of fell into it, but I spent a lot of my career doing that work and then I switched to healthcare. So again, another industry where, you know, we're helping people through the work that we do. So I feel like through the work I'm, You know, not to knock on any other industry, not to say that, you know, if you're in any kind of service industry or something that's outside of what I just talked about, that it's not good, that it's bad, that's not the case. I'm saying for me, I enjoy helping others and being in industries or positions where I can do so. So um, that's mostly where it is. But beyond that, um, the volunteer work that I do, uh, either you know, as part of the company or um, on the side, so I volunteer or support pancreatic cancer awareness in memory of my mother-in-law. So I've done walks and I've done fundraisers, and you know, I've had had certain companies on my podcast to raise awareness. So that's been a, that's been a lot of fun. And then you know, kind of going to the podcast and business, that's all about helping people achieve their health and fitness goals. So throughout my almost my entire career and a lot of the work that I've done again kind of goes back to can I make a difference for somebody and can I
1: help people through through the work I'm doing I'm curious as in if you realize how important helping others are in you know your early stage of your career or was it you know something that just suddenly clicked and you were like oh I need to focus more on other people rather than myself so was this something that's always started out or was it like something that you found, you picked up?
0: Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. It might have always been there, but I would say that it didn't become apparent to me until later in my career because I worked in that first first industry for about four years, right out of school. And then I stepped out of it. I went into a different industry, which is a lot of fun, but then I could see the difference, the difference in the work I was doing in one versus the other. So it wasn't until I went back to that fire and life safety industry, I think that's probably when it started to click. And I started to get more involved in not only the day-to-day developing and selling products, it was what good can we do for the industry? What good can we do for people through the work that we're doing? And I think that's probably when it became more apparent to me. So it wasn't in the beginning, it was probably a little bit farther along in in my journey. So that's why I consider myself lucky because
1: honestly, I kind of fell into that industry. Mm, and I but I think, as you said, you've got you know a good network which opened up more doors for you, so some I guess things sometimes go in circles. you just never know you know when it's gonna happen um i'm I'm interested in what you've got to say for people who are perhaps struggling in their careers. any advice that you might um give them based on your own experience?
0: yeah, yeah, and this one I sometimes get and i struggle with this question because like i said before i feel like i've always known what i've wanted to do and when i made the switch i just made the switch and i just kind of went in a different direction but i never really struggled with that part so it's been hard for me to coach others on it sorry but, so
1: um were you um adamant about starting a business from a really young age so did you not, i was it was you was, you was. Wow.
0: i was yeah but the interesting thing is i didn't <laughs> so I started to, I started to do the work, but then I fell into a nine to five, just kind of given my, my circumstance, I fell into a nine to five, I put myself through school and it wasn't until later on in life. I'm like, you know what? I really feel like this is something I need to do. So that's kind of led me down, you know, the path that that I am now. But, um, but yeah, from, from an early age, I wanted to do engineering and I wanted to do it for myself, my own, you know, my own business, but I just didn't start that way. I think it's, you know, just kind of came later in life.
1: Because um you know even though you said you knew what you wanted to do from a young age, um then there's a lot of people who might think the same, but then they're like oh uh, I'm burnt out already or you know they might reach a certain position within a company and they say, well actually the money isn't enough, there must be more to money than um you know, there must be more to life than money right so you know when you talk to these people um would you say you've got any advice for them or is this you know kind of a difficult question to
0: yeah for sure I mean money's money's important but it's also everything else that you're getting so I think a couple of things number one is are you growing are you learning like sometimes it's a case of yeah you know I'm just kind of doing the same thing every day and I'm not really being challenged and you know it's, I have a lot of stress related to it because I'm not enjoying it. So, I mean, stress is normal, but it's even worse if you're not having a good time and you're not enjoying yeah. it. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't really like who I work with. So you got all of those things. So I think, you know, putting your, starting to think about, well, what is it maybe about what you're doing now or what you've done in the past that you like to do? So if you're in a role um, that's in, you know, that you, you might, someone might tell me, oh, well, I like, I enjoy the strategic part of my role but it's not a strategy role. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's some options, right? Maybe within different functions, there's some options to find um, a strategy role. So I think it it kind of depends on, I, so my advice would be first is think about what are the things that you really enjoy doing and then start to think about what role could be out there that could that you could do that kind of work and then start to explore it. Um, So I've, I've had mentees go and do, I don't know if you, I mean, maybe you could just call it networking, but going from, you know, function to function, shadowing people, you know, seeing what they do and seeing if something clicks and if something clicks, you know, making that connection and kind of setting them on a path to, to move there. So, but it really kind of starts with what, what do you enjoy doing? What do you like? What do you, what don't you like? And let's, you know, let's figure out how to kind of move you towards something that you enjoy doing because that you know you're going to get a bit of fulfillment there
1: yeah i think the enjoyment bit is very important and um my struggle sometimes with this and uh, with this concept is that you know there's a group of people right who say you need to do what you love then there's another group of people who say you know you can't just do what you love you've got to also make ends meet so for you personally do you have a way of balancing both or do you just do what you like and try and see how it goes
0: no no i i 100 agree with that you have to find i mean so like if you're running your own business as an example um yes you could have a passion but if there's not a need for that in the market you're not gonna you're not gonna sell anything right so yeah you definitely need to find that point that intersection between what you enjoy doing and what the market absolutely needs. And that's kind of on this journey that I'm on, like at the moment, right? So I'm doing what I like, I haven't really quite figured out, you know, all of what the market needs. So right now, right. I'm, I'm still helping people, I'm learning, I'm growing. But at some point, I'm going to figure it out, right? I'm going to apply everything I've learned in my career. And I'm going to get to that point where I figured out that market needs. So so I completely agree with you. you I think it would, I think it'd be tough for someone just to go out and say, yes, I'm passionate about this, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to become a millionaire by the end of the year. I'm not sure how far you're going to get if there's not, you know, a real market need for what you're, you know, offering.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask um, whether you are past the stage of um, researching about market demand or are you still in that stage? So by the looks of it, um, you are still in that stage, but um, I guess you, you chose a route where you still make the plunge to a business when you haven't had all these things figured out.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think it depends on I think it depends on a few things, right? You know, especially if you're going from like a 9 to 5 to to running your own business. You could certainly do that if you have if you have an idea, you you've, you've tested some things and you're starting to see some things work, you have money saved in the bank, right? I think there's a lot of um information out there about like when's the right time to to make that shift. So, don't go out on the ledge if you don't you know, if you haven't really figured out a way to make money and, you know, you've lost your lifeline on the 95. So in my case, I'm doing both, right? I'm doing a 95, I'm doing the business and I'm like, all right, well, I'm piloting, I'm going to see what works. And then someday I can make a decision on what I want to do. Do I want to stay the
1: course on what I'm doing or do I want to do something different? So um, naturally, I'm going to ask, you know, what your business um, is specifically. So you're doing your podcast, you are starting, you know, a healthcare business as well. Can you yeah tell us what you plan to do next or, you know, how are you achieving your business goals?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, my idea, my vision, my aspiration is to help others achieve their health and fitness goals and through running and a, a few things. Number one, just health and fitness in general, because I feel like if you're healthy um, you're going to show up better to everything else that you're doing in your life, right? Whether it's professional, whether it's personal. So I want to help people do that. Now I talk about running because that's what I know. I was a runner in high school. I took a number of years off. I got back into running a few years ago. And through sharing my story, I've realized that there are others who were who are in the situation that I was in and they need a little bit of help and guidance to get to even where I am now. And I believe that they can. So really the idea is to share inspiring stories and resources and help for those folks who are not moving today. They're not active today uh, to get to a point where they're reaching their health and fitness goals and again through running. So that's kind of my aspiration of what I'm doing now, how I turn it into a business. Well, through a podcast, there's a lot of ways to do that, right? You could do sponsorship, you could do affiliates, you could sell products, you know, digital courses. So like I'm piloting a few things, but really this is a stage where I'm learning the craft, I'm building it, I'm growing the podcast, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And then along the way, I'm starting to see, oh, well, this is what my community needs. Okay, let me go and try to pilot and build this, right? Oh, that didn't work. Okay, let me try to to do something different. And that's kind of where i am but ultimately the way i would monetize is through the help that i provide um, my running community to help them reach their health and fitness goals uh
1: sounds like a really solid business plan um i can't really fault any of that um so you know just lastly before uh, we end um the, po- uh, the interview um can you tell us more specifically more specifically about your um running related podcast. so what kind of content do you, do you cover in your podcast and how to help people with your podcast
0: yeah thank you for the question and i love talking about it so the name of the podcast is called inspire to run podcast and i bring on everyday runners to share their stories why they started running what their journey was like and to help others who are kind of going through similar things But I also bring on fitness experts, whether they're running coaches or nutritionists to help give that, you know, scientific guidance on, you know, things that you can do in your, your, your journey. And I started to bring on brands on the show, which has been a really cool, a little bit twist to the show where they can share a little bit about their products and how their products are helping the running community. So those are the types of guests that I brought on. So it's a good spectrum, but very diverse group of guests. And it's uh it's a lot of fun
1: what well, what kind of brands have you um gotten hold of have you asked nike or adidas to come over
0: yeah so so there's uh there there is a shoe company that i use that that's not on yet we're going to do the recording but they're coming up soon but i brought on brands like like nutrition brands like dotfit yeah. um they're mostly known for you know the work with a lot of the big sports um agencies and i brought on um tailwind nutrition uh just brought had on incredaware which is uh they're more like for recovery um for your joints like your knees and your your arms great conversation there um i just um, i actually have a couple more couple more gear brands i'm gonna bring on that i haven't done the recording yet so but those are just the names some of the ones that i brought on but i'm super excited about uh all the
1: connections i've made through this and you're not charging them to come to your podcast right it's more like a networking activity that you're doing
0: yeah, you know, it's benefiting them because they're getting that brand awareness, is benefiting me because I'm able to share, you know, their information with um with the listeners. So it's not a 30-minute advertisement about their products. So we're talking about like real topics that runners go through like recovery, like nutrition. Um, so we're really learning through this process. And oh, by the way, we have some great products that I'm sharing from Tailwind or from Dotfit. So so no, so I don't charge them to come I on see. the podcast. Um, yeah, I guess.
1: Well it's a, it's a been um, a great interview. I love talking to you about your business, your career. Um wish you all the best and just lastly for our audience um do like subscribe uh, and follow the meaningful jobs uh, podcast and I'll be including Richard's uh, podcast links um into the podcast uh, description as well and you can check his um, running podcast um if you've got time. So thanks Richard for coming over and I uh, wish you have a great day. Thanks you too.